the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. Today's episode on the pod, week 18, NFL best best. We've got 16 games this week, two on Saturday, full Sunday. Of course, Sunday night football, Lions and Packers. We'll find out by then what the meaning of that game is. More on that. No Thursday, no Monday night games this week. Before we get going, want to share that we are obviously, like many, very delighted by the optimistic news regarding DeMar Hamlin, his situation, the Bills' safety. We, of course, wish him the very best of luck during his recovery. We'll provide any coverage with any information available uh, as we record here on a Thursday. We won't speculate beyond that, but we do know that he is in the hospital, he is recovering, and right now the reporting from the scene in Cincinnati is things seem to be going well, so that's great. Just wanted to get that out. And uh, we also understand, I want to make, make mention of this too, we understand some of you might not be in a, a state of mind to want to even think about betting on the NFL or wrapping your head around it. So uh, whenever you do feel comfortable, if you're not comfortable in the current spot you're in right now, we certainly understand that. And we appreciate uh, that you're tuning in and you're giving us the opportunity to still uh, do the show. So we're going to do the show and uh, give out the best bets and go from there. So just wanted to kind of address all that before we get going. Joining us, the usual crew, Brandon Anderson, Jill Gallant, Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund. Some info uh, entering the slate. How about home teams? Are 123, 123, and 4 against the spread? 500 record. Underdogs are having their third best year over the last 20 years. Underdogs against the spread and double-digit favorites, 9-17 and 17 against the number. Worst start for double-digit favorites and worst start, worst uh to this point in the year, that record of nine and 17 Eagles Niners, the two teams with a two touchdown spread in their respective games. Something else to point out week 18 is a very unique slate because of the meaning and the motivation and the must win versus the team being eliminated during the final two weeks of the regular season. The last two decades, Brandon Anderson found this nugget teams with a winning percentage between 40 and 60% that are also five to 25% better than their opponent by win rate are an abysmal 48, 84 and five against the spread failing to cover 64% of the time by 2.7 points per game. Jags, Dolphins, Seahawks, Steelers, Bucks, and Saints all fit that category. So before we get going, we did this in previous episodes, just kind of a sentence or two. We'll go Brandon first, work our way around the horn. Just when you look at this slate, it's a little different than usual, trying to pick your spots here, how games correlate, et cetera, et cetera. What's your top angle, Brandon, to betting week 18? Yeah, that's that you gave us. And you're hearing the motivation thing across Action Network, and I'm sure all around. But don't forget, books are baking that into the line already. So you can't bake that in on top of it. It's already in there. And in fact, that number you just gave, Brennan, shows us that it's usually baked in a little too strongly and that we need to give the, some of these underdogs a little more credit than the line might imply. These teams are playing their Super Bowl. They can knock out and end someone else's season. You want to end the year on a good note. How about you, Joe? What do you think? 
I think you got to follow the money and the incentives, especially for player props right now, because we've seen this year over year in week 18, where a player is maybe three catches away from a certain incentive or a touchdown catch away from an incentive. Now what Brandon just mentioned, books have also gotten a little smarter on that too, and have started to bake those into the odds, but there are still some opportunities that I think you could find. And Evan Abrams with the Action Network is going to have a full incentive report uh, released on actionnetwork.com that you'll be able to check out to see what kind of different incentives there are to take advantage of. And Luke, you've got a couple angles to this as well. I, it's from personal experience Um, early on in my betting days, I would get smoked in this week every year. And I don't know if it was just like recklessness or what, but I've learned to be a lot more careful and a lot more hesitant on pulling the trigger in this week. Um, And then my second one is kind of piggybacking off of Jill somewhat in the opposite direction, but uh, the incentive player props, that is one thing Right. I, I had a couple of friends actually yesterday text me like tweet threads of um, incentive based player props available. Like in my first response was like, yo, like breaks. And the the one example, and there's not many that are like high, but like Khalif Raymond was like the one example that stuck out where I think he needs like 45 yards or 40 yards receiving to get a bonus where I don't think it's out yet, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say his player prop will probably open up at 40, 40 and a half, 39 and a half. And if you look at all of his other player props, it's been in like the 30 range, 30, 31, um, which is like a pure, like inflated, I don't want to say bait, but they're setting it at the incentive, knowing everyone wants to bet the motivation and you're betting at 10 yards higher than it normally is. Um, So just be careful with all those things. Um, But yeah, it's pretty much it. And by Sunday night, the Lions might have other priorities than getting Khalif Raymond, the former Holy Cross Crusader, Khalif Khalif Raymond. Someone on this call here may or may not have called some of his college games at one point. So I'm happy for Khalif Raymond. I hope it works out for him. But the Lions have bigger goals, I think, collectively than a Khalif Raymond bonus. And you know what? They make the playoffs. They'll probably give it to him anyway, which is what how this all normally goes. Anyway, let's get to the picks. As a reminder, you can follow... All of our picks from this episode, as well as the Sunday six-pack, they deliver best bets as well. You can find them over on the Action Network app at Action Network NFL Picks. Brandon Anderson, get us started. Your first pick for week 18. Yeah, let's go to Saturday night. We finally get that Titans-Jaguars game. I feel like we've been circling that one, waiting like a month for this game that we all knew was eventually probably going to be for the division. And I think it's important to remember that because we've got a bit of a misperception, I think, on the Titans. So my play here is Titans plus six, six and a half, if you can get it, and the under 40. I'm going to play them both together. I think it's correlated, and I'll explain why. So plus 271, or best number you can get on a same-game parlay there. So right now, the Titans have lost six games in a row, right? So the focus, I think, is, well, Ryan Tannehill is out. And they've just fallen apart. They're terrible. The Titans are barely hanging on. Changing of the guard. Here come the Jaguars. It's in Jacksonville. Biggest game. Yada, yada. This exactly fits that trend you mentioned, Brendan, of one of those overinflated lines. And especially, for me, this is an injury report play. If you watch the Titans over the last month, their injury report would just be like pages of names. Like, they were missing literally more than half of their defensive starters for a bunch of those games. Now you look, look, they they rested last week. 
So they've basically been prepping for this game, resting for this game for three weeks here. Jeffrey Simmons, the superstar in the line, totally looking healthy and practicing. Danico Autry, David Long. The last time those three guys, who I would say are maybe the three best defenders there, last time they played together was week 11. Up through that point, the Titans were number one against the run. They were top 10 defense. Since then, they've lost all six games, and they are the number 30 defense. I think that this line is treating the Titans like the number 30 team, when the reality is practice report looks pretty good. No Tannehill, but Derrick Henry's practicing. The run game's been really good, and all those defenders are back. I think healthy Titans defense, or mostly healthy, I think is the best unit in this game. The Titans have a big experience advantage here for a game that they've been playing in playoff games all these years now. Not the Jaguars. This is new. Trevor Lawrence, he's played in some big games in college, but this is not their level. I just like the Titans here. Henry has dominated in this matchup. And Mike Vrabel, you've heard me give this stat out before, has a three-point underdog or more, 21-9-1 against the spread, 70%. I mentioned that uh, trend that you mentioned, Brendan, the of kind of the baked-in underdog here. And so that's why I like the, the Titans. But if you do like them, then I like the under also. The whole angle is the Titans' defense is being misrepresented here. So Titans' unders this year are 11-5, and five, even with the defense falling off lately. Doug Peterson at home unders, 33-14 and a 14 lifetime. Trevor Lawrence home unders, 12-4. and a four. And then we know primetime unders have been great all year too, 34-19. and 19. Lots of trends point under. I think they're very correlated. Look, if you think the Titans hang in this game, it's not because Josh Dobbs comes out and hangs like this amazing Mona Lisa performance, right? It's because the Titans defense kept them around. So I'll play them both. Titans under 40 and plus six, six and a half, plus 271 for the combo. Titans extra rest too. Nine and two against the spread. Nine plus days of rest. That Cowboys game they played feels like forever ago, but... Yeah, practice report sounds encouraging. You th- thought there, Luke? Have you? I've I was just looking at the Derrick Henry rushing yards props, and I'm like shocked that it's at 88. Like it's normally in like the high 90s. Like I don't even I honestly don't even get that. But like I think the one defensive player being back that is like so important is Long. Like everyone thinks about Simmons, but what since like Long has been out, like that's been the difference maker um, to me, and he's back. I go. agree. Jill, your pick, your first pick relates. Yeah, but I'm not leaving any in the chamber. I'm going right for the throat. I'm taking Titans money line at plus 235. I feel like this is the game where you take the money line, not the spreads and totals. Not to say that I don't support Brendan's pick or Brandon's pick rather. I just think that this is the game where the, the Titans are the better team. They have the best player on the field. I know Derrick Henry, his line is a little bit lower. I just wanted to touch on that, uh, Luke, that the last three games that he's played in Jacksonville, he's got six touchdowns and just under 400 rush yards. He's going to see the ball yeah. at least 25 times in this That's game. why I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, like, well, one of the games, it was like 220 rush yards. So, again, that was like two years ago before uh, Lawrence and that defense got a little bit of a bump up. But at the same time, he's still Derrick Henry. He's still going to get the ball from an opportunity standpoint. But also – the Titans pretty much threw that game against the Cowboys to get ready for this game. That's why Derrick Henry didn't play. That's why most of the starters weren't playing. Although Robert Woods inexplicably was playing in the middle of the third quarter and caught a touchdown in that game. I still don't understand that one, but now I think that the Titans are the better team. So I'm going to take them in this spot, but if you were 
maybe feeling a little hesitant to want to take the money line. There are some trends that really do support a spread pick in this point. You did just bring up one about the extended rest with Rabel yep. having more prep with Josh Dobbs, nine and two against the spread when they're in that spot. Also in regular season, Saturday games, road teams are 60, 38 and five against the spread. So 61% hit rate uh, over the last 20 years. And then in just since 2018, uh, 17, nine and three against the spread. So 58%. Uh, the one thing as well that I think is a little bit indictable is the Trevor Lawrence angle here. So as a favorite in his time as a quarterback with the Jags, they're one in five straight up and against the spread. Their only win was last week versus Houston. Uh, and also, if you want to correlate a little bit farther from a spread standpoint, fave or an underdog of two and a half or lower with the Jags, they're one and eight straight up and against the spread in those games. So uh, I love the Titans money line in this spot. I would also add, uh, from a touchdown angle standpoint, because I will have a touchdown bet coming up here a little bit later in the show. But Josh Dobbs, I know we just kind of said he's not going to probably have a Mona Lisa performance, but there are some odds out there right now for about plus 1,000 for him to rush for a touchdown on this defense. And that's amazing odds. I would shop around and try to see if you can get some good odds on a touchdown for him to run, because that's usually how the quarterbacks score in this offense. Derrick Henry is just such a big decoy. That's how Tannehill has scored most of his touchdowns in his career with the Titans. I would also be looking at Zay Jones as well, because you look at the Titans defense and you see the number of how many touchdowns they've allowed to wide receivers. It's around 18 or 19, their bottom three in the NFL. But most of those touchdowns are actually happening on the outside, not necessarily in the slot. So a lot of people will gravitate to the Christian Kirk angle, but they've only allowed two touchdowns from the slot all season. Most of those touchdowns are coming from an AJ Brown and Devonte Adams. So just consider that angle, but I'm going to be taking Titans money line. I'm also going to be taking Josh Dobbs for an anytime touchdown and Zay Jones as well. Yeah, and just to add to uh, the money line on your point, Joe, the Mike Vrabel stat I mentioned has a three-point three underdog or longer. If you play the money line in those games, you have a 79% ROI on your picks. So that one hasn't been as strong this year, but that's because a bunch of those losses have been the stretch where they're playing like exhibition matches down the stretch here, and that shouldn't be the case here. So if you listen to way back at the start of the year, we were on Jaguars' worst-to-first division, I've got something like 25 units coming if the Jaguars pull us off. Look, I'm not taking credit for that. We lucked into this one. The Titans were running away with that. But if you're there, if you've got that Jaguars angle, I think this is a spot you want to play some money line. I know I'll be logging that into the app just to hedge a little bit because I think the Titans are very live here. Okay, Titans have lost six in a row, but this, of course, is a showdown for the AFC South. And uh, we'll see if the Titans... Get it right, or if we get Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. Luke, what's your uh, first pick for Week 18? Uh, the Titans lost six. It's insane how many playoff teams are just on losing streaks between the Titans, Dolphins, Jets. Am I missing one? Commanders? But Well, okay. all those teams you just named have had multiple quarterbacks starting for them, so yeah, it kind of makes sense. Insane. <laughs> Um, yeah. right. and, and all four may not be playoff teams as it turns out. So that, that right. long losing streak, as it turns out, is not conducive to making the playoffs this time of year. <laughs> um, all right, back to the picks. Uh, I'm going to go with the Browns getting two and a half at Pittsburgh on Sunday. Uh, this one is going to be uh, piggybacking off of the motivational angle that uh, Brendan brought up at the start of the show, where you have the Steelers with playoff hope needing to win going against a divisional opponent Brown's probably their biggest rival. Um, going to Pittsburgh 
where the second half of Sunday's game, Deshaun looked the best he's looked to date. I mean, he's looked pretty bad, but it seemed like he turned a corner in the second half of that game on Sunday. Um, and the Steelers are just coming off of two, I guess, somewhat lucky late game drives to keep their playoff hopes alive, um, where on Sunday they were losing the entire game until what they had a minute left and they drove down and scored a touchdown to win the game um, where you have to think that the motivation is getting baked somewhat into this for the Steelers. And it's just been gimmicky wins where the Browns have been facing top 10 defenses since Deshaun has come out of his suspension. And the Steelers Mm -hmm. defense has the shiny object of TJ Watt um, that is actually ranked towards the bottom of the league where like the shiny object angle Usually I use for quarterbacks. Um, and when TJ Watt came off of injury, it was like, oh, this defense is going to be upgraded. He's the most valuable defensive player to a team in the entire league, which I still agree with. Uh, but I think he is definitely still like not even close to 100%. Um, he's had glimpses of the TJ Watt we expect, but this defense is still ranked towards the bottom of the league. And the Browns have been going against top 10 defenses since Deshaun came back. So I'll take the Browns two and a half to spoil their rivals' playoff hopes. So just to drive that point home again, a team with a winning percentage between 40 and 60%, in that case, Pittsburgh at 50%, 500 record, that are also 5 to 25% better than, an opponent, than their opponent by win rate. That would be the Cleveland Browns at 43-8. That's their current win percentage. That team against that team, so for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, would, in this case, this record, the last two decades, that opponent that's slightly better 48, 84, and five against the spread, failing to cover 64% of the time. So, thank Luke, you for explaining that. Uh, well, just no it, way I was doing that. There's no, no way. It's just, I think it's just worth readdressing things like that. No, unique, definitely. I just wasn't unique, capable. It's a unique situation as we kind I of, knew what it was. I just, that's why we have you, MVP. Hey, Luke. ma'am. Vibes are high. Got to keep the vibes. Vibing, baby. Week 18, playoffs coming. Let's go. I, you know, I figured it out. I know why your vibes are high because you explained in your off the top, you know, back in my heyday, I wasn't very good at this time of year and the historically, and now you feel like you have it all figured out to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. The inevitable I've just cut off at the head um, of losing on week 18. So, but we're going to win this week. So, all right. You take a quick breather, get yourself ready for your second pick uh, coming up. Luke, we'll go back to Brandon now for his second pick. Yeah, I'm going to stay in that game. And let me add to uh, to Luke's pick there. You guys know I've been on Steelers for weeks, right? we just been playing Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. And I saw this, and I, I thought this line was going to jump after they won, and they were suddenly alive for the playoffs. I thought we could get like a five or six here. And I was like, man, they didn't move this at all. I have to love the Steelers, right? I have to. So that trend that you guys are talking about, I looked at Doug a little further. Okay, what else about it? You know, is it home or away? Which of those is better? You kind of look at the add one more factor. So I found three things. The trend gets even stronger if there's a low total, which we're at a very low total here. I'll get to that in a second. Trend gets even stronger if the underdog just won last week, which the Browns won their game last week. And the trend gets stronger if you're a touchdown under an underdog of a touchdown or less. So the Browns are three for three. They're the one team that is the absolute bullseye in all three of those trends. So they scared me off of it, and I, I still I like the matchup for Pittsburgh, but I, I think, yeah, those trends just really scared me off the pick. I'm going to stay in this game, but I'm going to take the under here. 
we did this one on the hot read, uh, but the, the line is kind of weird. It dropped from 40 and a half down to like 38 and a half pretty quickly. Feeling pretty good. We got our hot read in and then it just moved right back up to 40 and a half. But I'm undaunted. Give me the under. I think, Luke, that you're underselling the Steelers defense a little bit here. With TJ Watt, they're number one against the run, top 10 against the pass. Now, admittedly, normally with Watt, the numbers would be even better against the pass. So I think you're right. He's probably not quite his usual self here. But the key for me on this one is the Browns. I don't believe in Deshaun Watson's offense. We've done that lots of times. They're averaging 12 and a half points a game with him on offense. It's been hidden because they're winning games because the defense has been so good. The Browns defense, we knew they had a lot of talent. It was terrible early. They've been killing it against the pass lately. They're top six by DVOA the last six weeks. I don't really fear Kenny Pick in the Steelers offense. Like they're not going to hang up a big number here. And it's going to be one of those cold, close division rivalry, everything on the line sort of games. It screams under to me. Kevin Stefanski, when the total is 44 below, 10 and 4 to the under. Deshaun Watson, same spot, 9 and 4 to the under. And then if you look at just these games recently, the uh, Steelers games have been at 41 or below seven of the last eight games. Browns games, all five since Deshaun came back. So everything looks under here for me. I'm going to stay away from the side because all those trends scared me away from it. But under 40 and a half, that's my favorite total this week. Excellent. On to Jill, second best bet for week 18. You're muted, my friend. I knew I was going to have one of those this season. It's my first one. So congrats. I'd be the uh, first for the whole crew. Yeah, I know. So again, so therefore uh, we I'll, can't edit it out. So sorry. All right. Leave it in, David. Leave it in. <laughs> Don't sweat it, bro. I'll leave it alone. Uh, all right. So last time I took an under on this show, I took under 36 and a half and got brutally squeezed in the fourth quarter. I am taking another under, but I'm going for the AFC North and I'm looking at the Bengals Ravens matchup. I'm taking under 41 and a half. Uh, this is a bad, bad offense with Tyler Huntley, a quarterback. Lamar Jackson isn't expected back, even if he does play, which is a stretch. I mean, he hasn't practiced with the team in over a month, uh, so I doubt that he's going to play. So I think we're going to see a Huntley-led offense. And in four official starts with Huntley, a quarterback, the offense is averaging a nice, shiny 12.2 points per game. And uh, the Ravens have now scored 20 points or fewer in five consecutive games for the first time since 2013. And even if you go back to last season, like only two of Huntley's 10 total starts have gone over this total. None in 2022. Even Justin Tucker isn't really automatic anymore. He's missed a couple field goals, had a couple extra points blocked. Uh, looking at the defense, though, this is another reason why I'm really liking this under because you have a putrid offense and a pretty good defense, especially with Roquan Smith ever since he's come to that Ravens defense. Uh, Baltimore has only allowed one team to score over 20 points in the eight games that he has been a Raven, and that was Jacksonville. And it was a game that had four touchdowns in the fourth quarter and three in the final five minutes of the game. So I almost feel like that was more of a bad beat more so than what is indicative of how this game will play out. Uh, I mean, these two teams, they played each other in week six. It was a 19-17 game. And not to bring up DeMar Hamlin, but I do feel like there might be maybe a little bit of emotional hangover, maybe with the Bengals that could play into it, maybe to start the game, maybe a little bit of a slower start. So I think that could only contribute to an under. So I like the under 41 and a half between the Bengals and Ravens. Bengals, uh, Bengals and Ravens, two of the top teams to the under this year, Baltimore, 
four and 12 to the over. So yeah, they, they've 12 of the 16 games have been under and the, the Bengals are up there as well. John Harbaugh was asked earlier in the week about the status of Lamar Jackson. And his quote was, I am probably going to leave all that stuff alone. So a morale thing too, right? Like I know you brought up the actual injury, whether he's playing or not, but then is the team like, well, you know, do we actually have a shot here with no Lamar? This is getting a little ridiculous. I'm just hypothetical. Luke, second best bet, please. So my second one is probably going to be my favorite one of the weekend, which is going to be Rams plus six and a half at the Seahawks. This is another motivational one where the Seahawks need to win with the chance to get into the playoffs. And the Rams literally have nothing to play for. Um, I mean, they don't have draft picks, so tanking doesn't help them. Um, I guess their only motivational factor is you got a rivalry and they'll be on national TV. Um, and in the last couple of weeks, you have seen this Rams team play hard. Um, McVay clearly has them focused and motivated to get better, I guess you could say. Um, and there isn't a better matchup for the Baker Mayfield. The Seahawks are god-awful defending running backs out of the backfield and tight ends. And this matchup feels very much like the matchup where we saw Baker Mayfield look phenomenal against the Broncos on Christmas. Uh, the Broncos defense, if they do have tendencies, um, weaknesses, it's very similar to running backs and tight ends. And I can see Baker doing exactly what he did against the Broncos to the Seahawks defense, which isn't even as good as the Broncos defense. Um, but Wofford put up 320 yards against the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago when they played. Um, Baker's looking better every week. And I just think this is the Rams spoiling the Seahawks uh, where, and if we want to get into conspiracy theories, which I'm all for always, <laughs> everyone's complaining about the Seahawks playing before the Sunday night football game, where it might not matter for the lions. But if you right. believe in a good rigging, the Rams will win um, for that game to mean something to the lions. But that, which brings me to the next point where if the Seahawks win, but let's say they don't cover, obviously the lion's line is probably going to be looking like a live line um, where if the Seahawks come out seven, Oh, that four and a half that the lions are right now is going to go up. Um, and I honestly Seahawks win. I love the lions on Sunday night football. The four and a half is probably going to pop to six, six and a half, which Dan Campbell teams are, Historically, the last two seasons, the most motivated teams when they have nothing to play for by far. Um, and it, it just jumps into this angle that we've already got into where teams having nothing to play for wanting to spoil the teams that have everything to play for. Um, so definitely, if you have interest in the lines at Sunday Night Football, I would wait. And that line is just going to bounce around during the Seahawks-Rams game the entire time. Seahawks score, it's going to go up. Rams score, it's probably going to come down a little. Um, so... Take that. You're not willing to then take the Rams plus 230 on the money line. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Cool. I'm already in on that. I just oh. don't have the balls, Jill does. Like, oh, okay. Well, Jill's just like, which oh, was I'm a compliment leave it all out to there. Jill. Final oh, one of the regular right. season. I thought you might follow suit. That's all. No, he's I mean, learned we got, his lesson we gotta, from week 18. I gotta, we gotta keep this record on a positive for uh, the powers that be. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, throw the money line in. F it. I don't care. What do I got to look? Yeah, <laughs> do it. God, Brendan pressure, peer pressuring me into, uh, yeah, plus six and a half and money line, baby. I thought you were right. going to call him a coward. I, this is I usually think it's like 270. 
No, I'll do it. Kind of what like I was plus two seventy. So the the beauty of the host chair is you can just play both sides and get away with it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Brandon Anderson, what are you gonna do with your third pick? Wait, Gushin, you have never given out a pick. I know you're the host, but I think you should have to give out a pick on the last episode. This one money line Rams. No, he'll sure. take like main main Celtics money line or something. Sure. So and I will show you Celtics. all the slip this weekend. And I'll no, I'm gonna put in the app too. In the app too. Fine. Well, so I Brandon, think that go. we gave Brandon. Before, I think I'm we losing gave Brandon... my strength as host. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think we gave Brandon the, the best pick on the podcast here. Cause Luke, you said Rams plus six and a half is your favorite play of the week. It's mine too. And you basically said everything I've got in my notes here. Uh, this is another one that is a, a perfect setup. That trend, this is my favorite spot of the trend for just a team that I, I think that this line is just too inflated here. That, you know, we talked in the Titans game, we are underpricing the Titans because they have looked so terrible down the stretch. I think we're overpricing Seattle and not taking into account they've really looked pretty terrible other than, let's just admit it, Last week, the whole podcast here was on the Jets against Seattle. It didn't work out for us. But I think that was a lot of Mike White coming off the injury, looking rusty. Seattle before that, all the way back to that Germany game, all the way back to Seattle Island, Seattle had lost every single game except when they played these Rams, but with John Walford at quarterback. And Baker Mayfield is not John Walford. Baker has actually played pretty well. If you look at the numbers since Baker arrived, I think these teams are pretty much even, honestly. Baker's played pretty well. Cam Akers looked trash early on, looked like he was going to get cut by the team. It turns out, you tear your Achilles, you need some time. Suddenly, Cam Akers is like a fancy football league winner and is putting up big numbers for them, looking really good. Their offense is good. Geno has been falling off slowly as the season gone on. Like Luke said, Seattle's defense sucks. Cost me a bunch of money when I stayed on the island a few weeks too long there. Seattle's defense is really cratered. I think the teams are pretty well even. And yeah, Seattle has the motivation to win, but that also means they have the pressure to win. And like you said, Luke, the Rams, what do they care? They just want to end their season on a positive note here. They've won eight of the last 11 against Seattle. You always love to keep that edge over a division rival. And the Rams, look, they already won a Super Bowl last year. This is their Super Bowl. It's not quite as big of stakes as it was last year, but for a season that everything went wrong, just everything went terrible, why not end on a good note? And I think there is something to play for here. Cam Akers was about to be out of the NFL the way the season was going. He's playing for a spot in the Rams. Baker Mayfield maybe is playing for the Rams starting quarterback spot. We don't know what's happening with Matthew Stafford. So I think these guys, the players are motivated. They want to come out and show up here. I, I like the Rams. I love the six and a half. Also, if you like the Rams here, if you do think that they'll win, if you're backing Luke's bold, ballsy Rams money line pick, wow. and then like the Lions too, doesn't quite you can play quite right now. You can play right now a Rams Lions money line parlay, which huh. is the exact scenario where the Lions make the playoffs. You get a plus eight seventy nine if you play the money line parlay. That's better odds than you can get to just take lines to make the playoffs, which is the only way they make the playoffs. And uh, so you play that now, but, and I think if you, if you like that angle, if you think the Rams win, 
you should play that now because if the Rams do win, like Luke said, if the Seahawks win, I think the, that line goes to Lions plus six, Lions plus six and a half. I would like it then. If the Rams win, I think we get down to like a Lions plus three or something and you lose a little bit of value here. So if you do like the Lions angle and you like the Rams, get that uh, Moneyland parlay too. So I'm not going to be goaded into making that my official pick here. I'm going to stick with just Rams plus six and a half. But I think that you want to play this multiple ways. And I honestly, I do think the Rams can win this outright. Well, and to Brandon's point, folks, we're recording on a Thursday afternoon. You cannot bet the Lions to make the playoffs right now on FanDuel. So his point is you can just bet it as a parlay. And that's what he's getting at. Bet the bet the Rams money line and the Lions money line, parlay them, and you get that nice big number. Um, if you think that's what's going to happen, the Lions are going to get in and, and that they beat the Packers. And, of course, what happens in Rams, Seahawks? Wow. How about that? Look how far we've come from the island to this backing Baker Mayfield in week 18 for, for, for not the Browns, not the Panthers for the LA Rams. <laughs> I like the host chair, Jill third best bet, please. All right. I'm going back to Saturday again, ditching the spreads and totals. I am going for an anytime touchdown bet. And I'm taking Darren Waller with the Raiders to score against the chiefs this weekend at plus three thirty. Now, the Chiefs, they've given up four touchdowns to tight ends in the last three games, nine touchdowns on the season. That's bottom three in the NFL. The Chiefs as well can be exploited over the middle, especially from slot receivers and slot pass catchers. They are bottom three in catches and touchdowns allowed to the slot, which is where Waller lines up exclusively. And Waller, he scored last year in KC. His odds at that time was plus 175. That's one of the reasons why I'm looking at this, because this is a, I don't want to say it's crazy odds, but it almost seems disrespectful because in the first four games he played this season, his odds were below plus 200 each time. And that's with Derek Carr quarterback. In three games since he's come back, he was plus 260 versus the Patriots. He scored. He was plus 370 against the Steelers. Didn't score. Nobody scored in that game, really. Uh, and then he was plus 380 against the 49ers and scored pretty much within two minutes starting of the game, pretty much ran what I was a route right up the seam, similar to the yep. way that Gronkowski would do for the Patriots. And again, they're hanging a plus 330 out there. I just find that to be disrespectful. Now, I would also say that you could look at Hunter Renfro. The issue with Renfro is since he's come back, he's playing less than 40% of the snaps so far. They're going more for a two tight end set and leaving Devontae Adams and Mac Hollins on the outside. So I'm not sure if he'll play enough snaps, but he is around the plus 400, plus 450 range. Could be worth a bet, but I think you need to attack the slot receivers for the Raiders. And Darren Waller at plus 330 is going to score a touchdown this Sunday or Saturday. Love it. Did you mention how the Chiefs, how do the Chiefs do against tight ends? Uh, nine touchdowns on the season. That would be 30th in the NFL. Boom. Put you right on the spot and you had it. Nice. All right, Luke, take us home. Your final best bet for week 18. So my final one's going to be the Commanders plus seven. Hosting, hosting, I believe, the yes. Cowboys. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, where the Commanders plus seven, we got rookie QB, which I want to say earlier this season, I was saying like, you never want to bet against an unknown where if you got a QB that's never made a start, like you just avoid that where like, I don't know if this applies here, but how look good in the preseason he has this absolute bazooka going against a Dallas defense. That's just been getting carved up and the Cowboys have been playing down to their opponents the last two weeks. 
Like they were overtime with the Texans. Titans sat every single starter, and that game was a lot closer for most of the game, I think anyone expected. Like they pulled mm-hmm. away. Um, but this Cowboys team, the only thing they have to play for is that the Eagles lose, they'll have they can win the division by winning. But we just really don't know like if the Cowboys are gonna rest starters, how long they're gonna play. And if it's like a first quarter and they sit everyone, like this plus seven, like it's it's crazy. Where like, we saw the Broncos line, it was like plus three and a half yesterday, and now they're minus two and a half because the rest issues are coming into the Chargers where they, everyone thinks that they're going to be sitting guys. Like the same thing, like not to that extent. I don't see the commanders ever being favored, uh, but that gives you an idea of how much these lines can move on rest and. We have no idea with the Cowboys. It might come out Friday, I think. But actually, the Eagles are coming out Friday. Um, but if the Cowboys have nothing to play for, the Cowboys are going to get limited time, in my opinion. This plus seven is a ton of value um, against a Dallas D that is susceptible and the Commanders D that is very good. You can find our Action Network luck rankings uh, over in the Action Network app and also on the website. Sean Kerner, Nick Giffen, they joined our daily show, Green Dot Daily earlier in the week and they brought up this very scenario, Luke, not exactly to your point, but the fact that the Eagles and Cowboys are playing at the same time, Nick's angle was you could find some edges on Dak Prescott live props. Mm. If the game is going a certain way in Philadelphia, that might urge Dallas to take out Dak or remove offensive starters, defensive starters. If the game is going in a different direction, Jill, you had something. So does Brandon. Well, it was more of a silly question. I wanted to ask Luke, does he downgrade Washington at all for Ron Rivera not knowing that he would be eliminated from the playoffs <laughs> with a loss? <laughs> yeah, what is up with that? Like, <laughs> that was just my last chance just to stick it to okay. him, but yes, Rivera. No, I mean, <laughs> I will say Cooper Rush is a good backup. So if like Cooper Rush all of a sudden comes in, like, I mean, he kind of got exposed where he's playing over his head, but against the Eagles game, but the Eagles are like, I think everyone's expecting the Giants to sit everyone where the Eagles are 14 point favorites right now. Yep. So based off the spread, I think whoever on the Cowboys staff is going to be scoreboard watching, there might be a result that they're going to know pretty soon with the Eagles needing that win. It might get out of hand. So. Yeah. And I was going to say to the same thing, if you listen last week, our final look ahead was the crazy like strings and notes and everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we did the Saints money line last week, which hit for us against the Eagles, parlayed with the Cowboys money line this week. So if you played that one, you've got a Cowboys money line ticket right now, plus 821. When we gave it out, I saw some plus 791s. Somewhere out there, something like an eight to one. Well, for me, the Cowboys, I think right now are closer to minus 300. So we've got an eight to one on what's currently a minus 300. I'm not going to bet on Washington right now to hedge, but that's one you've got to watch live because, yeah, if the Eagles go up 21 nothing midway into the second quarter, right? Yeah, I, I don't know why. Dallas has nothing to play for. It turns into they're the five seed playing Tampa, who probably is going to sit their guys this week. You don't want to give Tampa basically the rest advantage there. So depends on what you think. I don't want to play now because – we don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play or if he's rusty or how that starts out. We don't know for sure yet that the Giants will rest their starters. Maybe they play a couple of series and it kind of hangs close for a while. I suspect that the Cowboys will take an early lead here of some amount 
and that you'll get an even better spot to, to make that Washington hedge later if you want to. Maybe you get like a, a five to one or something like that. So yeah, if you've got that look ahead, be aware that you could get bad beated here where like we've got this great ticket mm -hmm. and suddenly the game doesn't matter. Be, be ready to protect against that live mm -hmm. if you want to, or, you know, you probably just got a small half unit on or something and we're just having a little fun letting it roll. But yeah, this game could definitely turn meaningless very quickly. So, so, so Brandon, just to kind of drive that point home, is there, have you imagined a scenario in your head where you'd say to yourself, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to fire on commanders live money line or, or, yeah, or I mean, the points. Right. I, I think for me, I'm just looking at the number really. So I've got plus 821 on basically a Cowboys money line at this point. Yep. If I get at some point a Washington money line close to that, whatever, well, you know, Dallas goes up 10 nothing or 14 3 or, or Philly starts to go up, whatever. I, I'm not going to panic sell here. Like, I'm not going to be suddenly, oh, give me the plus 100. I got to get out of here. It's fine. We, we, this was a parlay. It was always a long shot. But basically, just to protect and lock in a profit. If we get suddenly a Washington plus 800, well, great. I'll just make my same bet on that side. I'm done. I don't have to worry about the scenarios anymore. I lock in that I get one of the eight to one tickets to hit and I just don't have to worry about it. So I think that's for me, the scenario that I look for. And otherwise some of these bets, you try too hard to hedge, you end up giving up the edge that you've created yourself. So I won't go too crazy with it, but if we get a long Washington line where we know things could really flip around, you may as well lock something in and just get out of there with your money. Okay. Fair enough. Good stuff. So uh, before we, well, before we get out of here, we do, we don't have a look ahead for the next week because the playoffs are next, right? So there are currently no lines up for the NFL playoffs, wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. However, before we go, we would like to go around the horn and see if you guys have a conference future or a title future that you have your eyes on in the market. Um, yeah. that you might have your eyes on maybe previously before we started recording or something you might project. So we'll go around. Brandon, is there something you'd want to uh, play now before the season concludes, the regular season concludes? Yeah, so it's obviously tricky. A lot of the futures lines are not up at the books. You'll have to watch maybe some of these reposts just before things kick off on Sunday. Obviously, lots of schedule and unknowns in the air right now. The team that I've been watching, we talked a little bit about this on Sunday night, I want that AFC five seed and it looks increasingly likely to me that that's going to be the Los Angeles chargers. Mm -hmm. And boy, does that make me queasy because I do not want to back Joe Lombardi and the chargers. I've been dumping on him all season long, but I think the chargers, you got to play the path in these playoff spots. That's what we did last year. If you listen last year, we had the 49ers cause I like the path and we got oh so close before breaking our hearts. I'm looking at the last time these lines were up. Chargers were around 12 to one to come out of the AFC. Now I don't really trust the Chargers to win three games and get there. I at least want to believe I can get to the AFC championship game. And now I've got options. Now I can hedge or decide how I feel about it. So if the Chargers get the five seed and here's how they do that, either they win against Denver or they don't even play yet. If the Ravens lose to the Bengals in the early game, Chargers just rest their guys. And now they have a rest week off and then they get to go play Tennessee or Jacksonville who are playing all out brawl on Saturday night. So you get a chargers team that I think we all think is better than Jacksonville, certainly than Tennessee on the road, but you get the better quarterback, Justin Herbert. You have to feel pretty good about your chances to at least have a decent shot there. Then you probably go on the road to a one seed 
for a lot of reasons, that game could be winnable. Maybe it's against the Chiefs, who the Chargers always play close and always seem to have a shot against. Maybe it's against the Bills. We don't really know what state of mind they would be in and coming off a rest and whatever else. There's a lot of reasons why the Chargers could go get that one. And now suddenly you're in an AFC championship game. You got some chances there. So the stat that stood out to me with the Chargers, I loved their defense coming into the year. They were terrible out of the gates. First seven weeks before the bye week, they were 16th, just average, but they were terrible against the run, not great against the pass. They got rid of Jerry Tillery, who I thought was really hurting the defense. Coming out of the bye week, they're ninth by DVOA in defense, number two against the pass. Still not great against the run, but that's that Brandon Staley formula, and the defense actually play well. And now Joey Bosa comes back too. So a lot of words there. I like the Chargers because of the path and the defense playing well. So I'll look to play a Chargers future and see if we can hit the right path. Jill, you like anything? I mean, Brandon and I, we talked about this on the the recap pod just this past weekend when we were projecting scenarios and the Chargers were the first team that I brought up because of that potential Jags-Titans matchup. Uh, But he kind of already broke down that kind of path, so I'm with him there. I'm not going to propose something as egregious as the Eagles tossing uh, Week 18 (laughs) to get the two seed, but I will say that (laughs) in the NFC – kind of like the Giants that they get the Vikings for a first-round matchup. Again, part of the reason why is not necessarily the path, but can I get a team that I know is going to at least win the first game, at least like from an underdog standpoint? And again, the Vikings, I don't want to trash them too much. I don't want Brandon to to hate me forever. But at the same time, it is a winnable game, in my opinion, uh, just from a luck standpoint, the way that that team plays. I feel like they could kind of limit possessions and be able to just eke out a win. And then potentially if it's the second game would be against an Eagles team that we're not really sure from an injury standpoint where they are. So again, there's just a path at 15 to one. I'm not in love with it, but in the NFC, that's really hard to find a team that I I'm in love with. Like I can't talk myself into the Packers route. So it'd be the giants. Not, not Tampa. No, no. Cause I'm not even entertaining that thought. I'm not even entertaining the idea that they will beat the Cowboys in the opening round, because if I do, I'm going to let that doubt creep into my heart and I'm just not going to be the same person. And I can't do it. All right. Luke, you got a future you like? So I'm not I'm not gonna stamp this I like in term, but like in terms of value, where the Packers have been like trending, getting becoming more and more popular the last four weeks. Where if you like the Packers, whether it's like an NFC conference ticket or Super Bowl or whatever, um, they're currently they're not locked in to go to the playoffs. And after they win Sunday night and they've stamped their ticket to the playoffs. Like their odds are definitely going to come come way down. Where and just before we keep going, didn't you play Packers plus seventy five hundred to reach the NFC or to win the conference? Exactly. You did right. Okay. Where, well, that which is not available anymore. But no, no, no. I'm just making it. Yeah. You've been on this. Is my point. Yes. Um. Where two like fun bets I made. Where I don't honestly don't have many Super Bowl futures right now. Um. Everything I have is on the Bengals, actually. Like, I just, I love them. Um, where, honestly, just whoever you think is going to win the Super Bowl, if it's one of the big three in the AFC or the Chargers or whatever, you can, like, AFC team to beat the Bucks, AFC team to beat the Packers, which I did with the Bengals yesterday. I was tempted to do it with the Chiefs, but it was like 125 to 1, 90 to 1, which the Packers were 125 to 1. And they win Sunday night, it will probably go down to 90 to 1, where, Right now, the Bucks 
have better NFC conference odds than the Packers because they're locked into the playoffs. And I think they're 10 to one right now where after they went, the Packers win on Sunday night, assuming they do their odds should be better than the bucks in my opinion. Um, but I'm very much invested in the Bengals and I do like Dable a little bit for coach of the year um, at his odds, which I think have come down. Uh, that would be a shot in the dark that I think there is value based on the human aspect of voting, but that's it. Okay. Dayball plus 250 as we speak to you on Thursday, plus 250 Oof. on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Shanahan, the favorite, plus 175. Nick Sirianni of the Eagles at plus 200. All right, gents, that's it. We got to get out of here. Good show. A lot to break down with a unique week because of these must wins, eliminated teams. Look, I got suckered into a pick. Rams money line. The ticket will be in. Here it will be go. in the app and uh, it will be visible to all of you. There we go, baby. <laughs> the vibes, man. Let's Dude, recap the picks. 2023, we're never going to lose a bet. Well, we got the host putting bets out. Oh, lock. <sighs> Suckered into it. All right, here are the picks. Brandon Anderson, here are his three. He's on Tennessee plus six and a half. He's parlaying the six and a half plus the under 40 points in Tennessee-Jacksonville. Odds are plus 271. That's pick number one. His second pick, Pittsburgh-Cleveland, under 40 and a half. He gave that out on the hot read from Sunday. And his third pick, Rams, plus six and a half. Jill Gallant is on Tennessee money line. Jill just took it a step further. Tennessee money line, Baltimore-Cincy, under 41 and a half. And Darren Waller to score a touchdown. The odds at plus 330 to score against the Chiefs. Luke is on Cleveland, plus two and a half. Rams plus six and a half and money line asterisk host persuaded him and commanders plus seven. And then the host me, I am on Rams money line. Just going to give it out there and it it will be in it's coming. Thanks to our, our producer, David Payne behind the scenes, Matt Mitchell. They've been huge in terms of our production this year, getting us up and running for these best bets episodes. We will be joining you throughout the playoffs. We're not going anywhere, but just kind of to wrap up the regular season, a nice, nice, neat, nice, neat bow. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And uh, we look forward to being with you throughout the playoffs as well. Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. That's your week 18 best bets episode for Brandon Anderson, Joe Gallant, Luke Swain, Brendan Glasheen. Best of luck this weekend. We'll see you for the recap episode on Monday morning right here on the Action Network podcast. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.